So how are you? Really, if you're like many women I know, we need more than ever to hear how other women are not just surviving, but thriving, intentionally creating a meaningful life right now. If you're in the market for strategies that will add velocity to your life and leadership, join us. Today's guest is Kristen Denzer with Tierra Encantada, um, an organization that offers Spanish immersion uh, early education. And this is near and dear to my heart because I grew up in Texas where speaking Spanish was very useful. And I wanted my kids to um, begin early immersion Spanish in kindergarten and they didn't even offer it where we went to school. So I'm excited to know you exist and Kristen, I want, I want you to, to talk a little bit about your vision for this program. Sure. Well, thank you so much for having me. And, you know, I, I started Tierra Katata really out of a need for something from my own children. Right. And so I had already started two other companies and started looking for childcare because I had kids and I just saw a lot of gaps and, and not quite what I wanted for my kids. And so every part of every aspect of the program had that in mind, what my own children would be, you know, participating in. And they did, they participated in it until they went on to elementary school. And so with the, you know, the organic food, the, the healthy meals, the language immersion with, you know, native Spanish speakers, it was something that I really wanted for my own kids. Yeah. Well, and I, I totally understand just the, the Spanish immersion part because it's good for their brains to be learning another language. Not only is it useful in, in life and in business later on, but it's just good for the human brain to learn another language. But how did you end up incorporating the, the cooking part? Yeah, you know, I think, uh, I think all parents, especially mothers these days, there's a lot of guilt about, you know, having the perfect meal after you're working 12 hours, mm -hmm. having, you know, no screens, all these things. And so, I knew I personally experienced that and I saw how easy it was to make purees at home for my own kids. Yeah. And so that was something that was important to me to really create like a guilt-free option for parents so that, you know, they knew their daughter or son had, you know, scrambled eggs with spinach and then couscous with avocado. So at dinner, they could get pizza on the way home and not feel bad about it. Yeah. And so for me, for me, that was really what was important. It's solving a, a whole lot of, of, of issues that parents have. Um, I totally understand that feeling that um, the choices that we make for our kids early on could just impact their, their entire life. And yeah, I told you when we were chatting earlier that my sister has a program teaching kids about food because um, their mission is to try to curb childhood obesity. And it, it starts with, with exposing kids to the flavor of different foods and to even be able to to entertain on your palate what a vegetable tastes like a lot of kids <laughs> don't have that yes yeah well and we serve i mean we hear that from parents all the time like wow my my child likes mushrooms who knew because we serve so many vegetables and so many kind of unique things that a lot of parents i think just don't maybe know how to prepare, like for example, yeah. lentils, you know, mm -hmm. not a lot of people have cooked with lentils before unless they're, you know, maybe vegan or vegetarian. Yeah. And so it provides kids the opportunity to try these things and really expand their palate at a young age. 
Yeah, absolutely. And it's going to change uh, their entire food experience later on in life. So how you started this endeavor in 2008, right? So uh, this in 2013, 2008 was when I started my first business, which was an okay. event rental company. Got it. Good. And so it's been going on about seven years. What are some of the outcomes that you've seen in the kids in the program? Well, they become fluent. It's, you know, I think a lot of parents when they, you know, first inquire, they're like, can they really speak Spanish? You know, do they, do they really know how to speak Spanish after attending? And the answer is yes. Uh, if you, if you come to our buildings, I mean, it's just actually quite amazing to see the kids, you know, turn to their parents at drop off who don't speak any Spanish at all, speak in English. And then it's like a switch flips, turn to their teacher and fully communicate in Spanish and go back and forth. And we've had parents even comment that they've taken their kids to like Central American countries and they've been translators for them. And so I think that's one of the things that have been really great to see. That, that has to be a marvel for adults who never had an immersion experience. And they struggled through their three years of Spanish in high school just to get the grade to graduate, but they never really took it seriously. It's kind of life-changing when you realize that it expands your ability to communicate with people. I was um, hearing a story. My, my daughter was on a school trip and they were at a, an amusement park and there was um, a couple with a, a family um, struggling to understand, I think something about the instructions for purchasing tickets or something like that. And um, it was a relatively simple process. And so she walked up to them and just explained in Spanish how to, how to use the ticket program. And her friends were just amazed that she could like crank out that amount of Spanish. And she said, well, you know, it wasn't perfect, but you know, it got the job done. They got what they needed. And, and it, it, she said it just felt so good to be able to help somebody. I was yes. so proud of that story. Um, and tell me a little bit more about, um, what is that actually goes on? Have you, have you done any studies on, on the impact of, um, multiple languages on the development of a child's brain? So I haven't personally done any, any studies on that, but there is, but there is a fair amount of research out there right now about, you know, language learning and child development and the best age to learn right. another language. And I think it's, you know, resoundingly the younger, the better. Yeah. Uh, if, if you think about how, you know, kids right now learn a language, they're learning it naturally. You know, their, their parents are talking to them and their first experiences is just like a very natural way, like, oh, go get the ball. And it's just part of conversation. It's not instructional. And so there's a lot of research that talks about how, you know, it improves academic performance. It can improve test scores like your ACT and SAT. Yeah. Uh, empathy, so ability to understand another person's perspective, critical mm -hmm. thinking. And then I think uh, it also improves the ability to learn additional languages. Right. And when you 
learn Spanish, particularly this young, you really get that natural pronunciation that a lot of us just don't get when we learn it older because, you know, when we have infants and toddlers, they can do the pronunciation like, for example, the rolling R because their, their brain is just developing some of those nuances of language at the time. Yeah. That's the amazing thing. Just learning how to roll your tongue a certain way or uh, the, the kinds of um, throat uh, formation that some languages require. It, it's amazing to me, people who don't have early exposure to foreign language never can completely, you know, pronounce a word in Spanish, which is why you get all these um, street names that um, have Hispanic origin and people butcher them like crazy. And it drives me nuts. <laughs> <laughs> If we're going to honor another language, let's go ahead and honor the other languages. <laughs> and, uh, I remember my sister had a, a friend named Mario Fuentes, and um, we were laughing at my mom because we kept asking her to try to pronounce his name, and she would say, Mario Fuentes. And we're like, no, Mario should say Mario. She could not do it. <laughs> and I think it's just a lack of exposure. Her tongue just couldn't form the whatever it needs to form <laughs> to pronounce mm -hmm. that word. Oh, I think it's pretty, pretty interesting that I think it's a, it's an amazing thing that you're doing and you're trying to launch this across the nation, right? Is this kind of a franchise program? Yes. Yep. That's correct. So we have five corporate centers and then we also are franchising. So we started that about a year ago and we have uh, 12 units so far across six states. And so we're really looking to bring centers to every state across the country. Right. And so describe to me your ideal franchisee. You know, that stuff. I mean, we have, we typically have two different types of franchisees. We have, you know, for example, we have a franchisee that's looking at Katy, Texas right now. And it's, you know, a couple, her, her dream has always been to own a childcare center, especially yeah. language immersion. I mean, it's her native language. And so, uh, you know, they've planned, saved up for a decade or more to do this. And they're really, you know, they just want to, this is their dream. And so someone that's that passionate and committed is, is great for, for us. And then we get the opposite end of the spectrum where, you know, we have several multi-unit franchisees where, you know, they're investors. They're really, you know, they think this is a great concept. They're really interested in what this will do in terms of helping early education, but they're investors and that's why they're doing this. And so they're very business savvy and thinking about it from that perspective. And so, you know, we have different franchisees kind of representing the whole spectrum, but those that are really passionate and those that are willing to, you know, put in the, put in the work are, are what we're looking for. Yeah. Well, in either way, they're invested in its success. And even those who are in it for um, investment purposes probably hire somebody to manage it who really is passionately in favor of education. Yes. That's yes. Well, and our centers are designed so that they don't require they don't require the franchisee or the owner to work at them. I mean, so they're set up so that they have a director, an assistant director, and then, you know, staff and floats. And so the person that franchises isn't actually required to, I guess, work there unless they want to. Got it. Yeah. Makes sense. So did you start the first program your, yourself? Yes, I did. And how long did you run that program before you started to franchise it? Uh, let's see, six years. So 
we started franchising about a year ago in 2019 and I started in 2013. So got it. I got, yeah, yeah. So you ran, um, how many centers yourself? Did you start to, to branch out before you actually uh, licensed the model? Yeah, so I personally never worked at the center. I always, you know, from my other businesses, I had experiences where I, my time was required so much and I had young kids and I just really wanted something where, you know, nights and weekends were my, were for my family you yeah. know, instead of, instead of the business. And so that was one of the big goals with starting this. And so I, uh, I had Egan. So our first center in 2013, our second center in 2016, our third center in 2018. And then I decided to, fr I, I decided to franchise it in 2019. And that decision really came out of, uh, I knew I wanted to expand it across the country and I was looking at ways to do that. And I actually had an equity firm, you know, offer to, to fund that, but I didn't want to, I didn't want to give up half my company. Right. And so franchising really enabled me to maintain control and ensure that our brand stays the quality it is, but grow at a rate where we can have this brought to states around the country. Nice. Nice. Now, I want to focus the lens a little bit on Kristen's life. You're talking about starting this when you have little kids. How many kids do you have? Two. Two. So you were um, starting a brand new business with two little kids, and, and they're the ones who inspired you to, to provide this, right? So was it like your own very own little laboratory to, um, <laughs> to test it out on your kids? Yeah, you know, that was uh, that was one thing that was kind of nice. I mean, I before starting this, I was already paying $2,500 a month in childcare. And yeah. so it, it helped rationalize it a little bit thinking yeah. about the SBA loan. But yeah, I mean, I, I definitely use that to inform the decisions I made surrounding the center and, and what I wanted it to be and what I wanted it to look like and how I wanted the classrooms to feel as I grew it. Right. Yeah, that's fantastic. And how did you manage, you know, we're all about life strategies, um, um, women's whole life in leadership. And believe me, I was hooked on your program when I saw that part on your website about focusing on the growth of the whole child that requires a, a focus on their mental, um, emotional, physical, spiritual health. So how were you able to balance the whole health of your family while you were launching this business? Uh, well, um, I, when I launched this, I actually was running my two other businesses at the same time. <laughs> so I had a event rental company with 300 plus events a year. I had a dog daycare with thousands of dogs a year. And right. then I started the daycare. So, Oh my goodness. Um, and and the funny part is also I was doing my graduate degree and so I was a uh, I definitely learned how to be a good juggler. <laughs> I don't know how you did it. You know, I when I started graduate school, my husband had a sit down meeting with our kids saying, "You guys are going to do the dishes and you're going to cook half the meals." Your kids were too young to reach the counter, so you had to do it all or is you have a very very um supportive husband. I don't know how you did it. Yeah, you know, I mean, it helps that Tierra and Katata was a daycare and preschool. And so, so, you know, if I was there, I could have the kids there too. Yeah. And so that definitely made it easier. Um, yeah. 
but you know, I've always been, I guess, the type of person that takes on a lot. You know, if I have a empty schedule, I'm looking for something else. And so I just, I think I've just adapted to that for a very long time and I'm just used to being busy. Yeah, you know, my sister has always um, worked since her son was born and she she was coordinating some kind of fundraiser one night at the office and I said, how do you do this? And she said, Donna, you're going to learn this in life, especially when you become a mom. If you want something done, ask a busy person. <laughs> and it has resonated with me so much because when you have a lot going on and you are running three businesses at once, that means you know how to compartmentalize and you know how to prioritize and triage what really needs your attention. Yes, absolutely. I would agree with that. What would you say is the, the number one biggest lesson that you learned at that time? Um, you know, I think the, I think the number one lesson I learned during that time is the importance of enjoying what you're doing. Mm -hmm. uh, the other two businesses I hated. Really? <laughs> I, I just wasn't. Oh yeah, I didn't. I didn't really enjoy them very much, and I, I just really didn't like them. And and with Tierra and Katata, I just I never, you know, even when I'm working literally like an all nighter, and we have a new center opening next week, and I'm just so stressed. I still like what I do. I still enjoy it. Like I, yeah. I see what I'm doing, the difference it's making and I'm happy, you know, with the other businesses I wasn't. And so I think that right. uh, not sacrificing yourself or time on things you don't really enjoy. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm trying to, to read the timeline here. So you, you sold all of the other businesses in 2016. Yep. Yep. Same year oh. I got to, I, I got divorced. <laughs> oh, got it. <laughs> So yeah, you, you really cleaned house that year. In <laughs> yeah. Life's short. <laughs> oh, absolutely. So now you've been operating this business, uh, solo with two kids and, um, yeah, it makes sense that keeping the business where the kids can be part of the business. Absolutely. Uh, makes perfect sense. Are they loving this, this life? Do they, do they feel like they're part of it? Yes, they do. They, I mean, they've been the first one at every new center we've created. They love to test out the the playground. That's always the first question they ask. What does the playground look like? What's it going to look like? Is it done? Can we play on it yet? Yeah. And so they, uh, they definitely enjoy being able to explore the the playgrounds that we do at the sites. And mm -hmm. I mean, they're they're a little older now, so they're eight and ten, and so they're past their time of attending there. But they do like to go back there, especially in the summers or you know school closure days to yeah. check it out. That's great. So, how does a single mom business owner take care of her own life? Well, you know, I mean, I. Uh, my ex-husband was never involved with my businesses, I guess, to begin with. He was a structural engineer. And so mm -hmm. I was already used to kind of juggling everything. And he's, you know, he's a really great dad. And so we share custody. And so those, those off days where, you know, my kids are with him are really my like, okay, 110% focus on business and, and, and things like that. And so that mm -hmm. when I have them, like, for example, you know, next week and weekend, then I can plan like a road trip to Mount Rushmore. And so nice. I can really take advantage of the like on and off times to focus 100% on what I have and what I'm doing. That's really important. I love the way you just said that 100%. When we're um, completely focused, it's just good for us holistically 
to um, be on vacation and be completely focused on vacation with the kids. Yes. <laughs> that place is so amazing. Uh, we just went a few years ago when my daughter was looking at the School of Mines there in South Dakota. So in awe of that monument. It's really amazing. I'm glad that you're able to, to fit those things in and to create a whole life for yourself because that's going to pay back in the long run. So um, at the end of the day, when um, you don't have, well, whether you have the kids with you or not, I'm not pretending I don't drink wine when the kids are home, but uh, you know, it is called women wine and leadership for a reason. What, what is it that you enjoy the most when you're relaxing? You know, I tend to like the sweeter white wines. Um, you know, I actually, I went to Croatia with a good friend of mine last summer, and we went to Brock, this little island in the Mediterranean, and there's this amazing little winery there called Stina Winery, and they had some really, I mean, I don't know if there's actually anything I had that was bad there. And so I would definitely recommend anything that Stina Winery had. Uh, but I tend to like the the sweeter, sweeter white wines personally, like Prosecco. Yeah, yeah Prosecco. And um, it is, it is tasty. And there are some sweet Proseccos that aren't horribly sweet. Yeah. How do you spell Stina? It's S-T-I-N-A. Okay. Got it. And Brock is B-R-A-C. They actually shipped to the U.S., so. <laughs> Got it. Wines from Croatia. There you go. Okay. Well, um, you know, I have a wine palace on Pinterest where we share labels, so I will definitely post that link to Stina Wines, and I'm I'm uh, motivated to go there. I so many places I want to go. We have women's wine retreats around the world. And once we start traveling again, just wait, just wait. <laughs> well, uh, let us know um, if anyone is dying to talk to you about franchising or any, even just enrolling their kids in Tierra and Candada. Tell tell us how they can get a hold of you. Yeah, so just go to our website at tierraincantada.com. So T-I-E-R-R-A-E-N-C-A-N-T-A-D-A.com. Sounds good. Well, thank you so much for being willing to share a little bit of your life with us today. Yeah, I'm thank you so much for having me. Richer for having known you, and you've motivated me to brush up on my Spanish. <laughs> Take care, Kristen. You have a great day. All right, thanks. You too. So what'd you think? I hope you found some strategies from today's show that will help you move your life from surviving to thriving. We're about strategies that will help you to live the life that you're made for. So if you want more of this, go to 360lifestrategies.com. Lots of stuff there. You can check out our page, Donna Carlson 360 on Instagram, 360 Life Strategies on Twitter, and you must check out our wine palace at 360 Life Strategies on Pinterest. That's where you can get a label for all the wines we talk about on this show. Most of all, have a conversation with us. Let us know what you're thinking. Uh, you'll find this on our Facebook page, also at 360 Life Strategies. So please join in and share with a friend. Thanks.